we are back it is 2020 this is the first recorded episode of taking it next level for the new year i'm back here luke miller tom crawford taking it next level 2020 tom good to see you I'm feeling it about 2020. Uh, 2020 is is ringing in my ears. It's uh, a good thing. I feel great about it too, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Oh, geez. We got one month in, in you know in the vault here, and uh, it's all good. And uh, the podcast taking the next level. Really, really good feedback from people. I'm talking. I'm excited about. Me it. too. Me too. Yeah, we're. I'm excited as well. And uh, you know, we're we're kicking off another uh, another round of recordings, and then we have a wonderful person in today, Eve Marie Ide. She's going to be fantastic. Oh, absolutely. So if, Nathan, if Nathaniel was here, uh, we would say, uh, well, this is the brains of the operation nah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can say that anyway. Uh, so we are joking as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so first episode of 2020 uh, recording from the Wagoner Financial Studios. So thankful for our friends here at Wagoner Financial. Um, they do such a wonderful job and um, their investment services, they do such a great job. Some smart people here and I know it's going to be a huge year for them as well. Yeah, from what I, you know, and you've told me about this operation and you know, other people have endorsed it as well. I mean, these people know what they're doing and uh, obviously their clients have a tremendous amount of confidence in them. And what a great physical environment here. I mean, this is this is a nice corporate setting here for our studios. They, they, they do a good job. So, um we are, um, we're going to get down to business. So um, without further ado, we're going to speak with Eve Marie Ide of the Ide Company. All right. Well, we are welcoming Eve Marie Ide of the Ide Company. Tom, Eve Marie, and Luke, we're here taking it next level. Eve Marie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Maybe I could just preface that we call ourselves the Ide Company slash the George F. Ide Company. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. This is a new, new uh, twist of the name. Then. No, it's it's not a it's not official because um, we just want to differentiate, you know, ourselves since we are all here working in the business yes. from, you know, the, our Louis J. Ide, who yes. my dad started the business. They are kind of doing their thing a little, and we're doing our thing, and we still are under the umbrella of the Ide Company, but. That's true. Why not so, be transparent? And yeah. Right. Show that and so for, for people who have been living under a rock um, or not from the area, could you tell us a little bit about um, what the Eid Company does, what your business is, um, how long you've been around? Sure. Um, the the Eid Company is real estate and development in the Lansing metro area. And, um, and we've kind of branched out to some other states, Minnesota and um, Ohio, for sure. But the company was started by our father, George F. Ide, and our uncle, Louis J. Ide, in 1958. Wow. <clears throat> they came from very humble beginnings and, um, you know, wanted to build a life for themselves. They didn't have families yet, and they worked really hard, and here we are. It was, all, it was always commercial development from day, from day one? No, it, it wasn't. They actually did start, I think... Um, you know, I know my dad from my, what my dad. He bought a he bought a piece of land. Um, if I remember this correctly, there was a house on it, but he couldn't afford to buy the house and the land. <laughs> so um, that's grassroots right there. <laughs> oh yeah, so he had nine thousand dollars that he had saved up from the many many jobs that he had, and and he did tell us the story. He was um, with my grandmother. And he was asking her, "Do you think I should do it?" And she said, "George, can you, can you afford it? Well, I can afford, I can afford the land, 
but not the house. Well, then, George, I think you should do that. And so he did. And I, I think that he waited until he had enough money to actually purchase the house and the people who, were, who owned it were ready to sell it. And then he eventually was able to purchase the house. But it was, yeah, pretty humble. Oh, that's and a then it started story. from from there. I mean, I don't know every step after that, but they did build houses and um, residential areas, and then eventually, you know, that moved into commercial. And what we do primarily now is commercial, but um, you know, we are that bo- the business is fluid. So you know, we just are debuting Capital View Apartments in downtown Lansing. So that's ninety six units of of apartments, and um, we've got a couple other apartment um, establishments as well, but. So that involvement 62 years ago. Yeah. Test yeah. of time, survival. You can count. Yes. <laughs> yes. Better than I can. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Well, I, you know, that was a really great story. And um, let's just turn the dial a little bit because I want to get back to you because that's why we, we wanted to actually talk, talk to you. And we love the background on, on the company. And um, I'll tell you what, anybody who knows knows you, knows your family, um, knows the company, um, they have the great stories about uh, about your dad and, and everybody in your family. And um, one of the things that um, uh, I was motivated by to have you here is because I think you aren't out in front of the, um, we'll call it the camera, quote unquote camera, um, as much as, as maybe your brothers are and, and, and your dad dad was. And, and so, um, and I know you have a fascinating background and it's one of the reasons why why Tom Thank and I you. wanted to talk to you. So From a totally different industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, so you know, one of the things that, that we like to do is uh, to have the listeners kind of get to know you a little bit more. So give us your kind of 90-second uh, or however long uh, elevator pitch on who mm-hmm. Eve Marie Ide is and, and kind of where um, where you've been and, and uh, you've come back to this area after many adventures. So um, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, thank you. That is very nice. Thank it might you, take Luke. more than 90 seconds. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll go three minutes. We'll go four. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We, um, I, uh, yeah, I moved back. I, I counted six years ago, and that went by pretty fast. It feels like just a couple years ago. But um, from um, I was working in Manhattan and living in Connecticut, and um, I, I thought that I was, um, I thought that I was moving back to get involved in the business, and that's what I, that was my intention, but I had a, a son uh, not too long uh, after I moved back, and you realized, you know, the reason really for everything is family. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I moved away, and um, when I went to college, I went to, I went to East Lansing High School, like Luke, and um, I wanted to get a different experience and I'm a big city girl um at heart and I um I moved to Boston I went to college I went to Boston College it's cool thank you yeah um I fell in love with the food at a summer experience program and I just thought I just really want to spend some time there I love to eat my dad loved to eat um if you knew my dad you know that yes and um (laughs) so I uh I came home after graduation but I really didn't want to stay in Lansing, I wanted to go to another big city, and so my dad was not real happy about that. But he kind of realized that there was wasn't a whole lot he could do about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he helped me um, get to Chicago, um, and I, you know, my mom was really, um, really a, a supporter for all of us. I know if you if you talk to my brothers, they'll say that too. But she just her <clears throat> her philosophy was get out and 
investigate who you are, right. what you can do, what can you be. Home is always here. Family is always here for you. But go figure out who you are and, and what you want to do and have fun. And so, you know, when when I would say, well, I want to go, I want to go to the big city. I want to do this and that. She was very supportive. Whereas, not that my dad wasn't supportive, but for him, you know, he loved Lansing. He wanted to, you know, he never left. And sometimes he couldn't understand why we wouldn't, you know, feel the same. So he did, though, help me. I got to Chicago and I um, had no clue what to do. I remember when my mother left, um, I looked, pulled out the map of Chicago and I looked and I, Boston's very small. And I looked at Chicago and I thought, oh my gosh, what the heck did I do? I didn't know anybody. I didn't know how to get anywhere. So you had that what was I thinking moment? A little bit. Yeah, I was, I got, I was freaked out. But I, um, I, uh, I think it was in the newspaper. I bought the Tribune. I opened up the paper and there was an ad for holiday help at Tiffany and Company. So I, um, I really wanted to be an actress though, is, is what I wanted to do. I studied theater at Boston College and I wanted to go into acting, but that that's not what the oldest of six children does. It's not a good example. It's not what somebody does who has a, a an expensive education from a major <laughs> university. This is what I was told. I hear this so narrative from someone, thought, some person mm, telling you that, huh? <laughs> I think that I will go get a seasonal job at Tiffany & Company, and then when that's over, then I'll go be an actress. So I went and applied for this job, and it was the only one that I applied for, and um and and I got and I got the job. It was I think the Gulf War and the economy was was not great, so it was not real easy to find a job. And um, I had worked at Jacobson's so um, on and off when I was growing up, and so I just retail I felt very comfortable, and so I got that job. But um, I was the only person they kept that year. So. <laughs> At Tiffany and Company, so that kind of fell through. I wasn't let go, and I couldn't go be an actress. So, um, no, was that was that the um, the downtown uh, retail location? It was, uh, yeah, because the they Mile? have more now, but yeah. they didn't at that I'm point. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that the Warner Brothers store is there there now, but we moved across the street eventually. But this was in 1992. Yeah. So this was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I worked for Tiffany & Company 10 years. They eventually, um, you know, fast forward, they moved me to New York, and I went into management in the New York store. And then um, and then I moved to the Greenwich store, and um, I was the manager in that store. And then I went into, into luxury retail. It was my career. I went into the wholesale uh, version of that, and I went to work for luxury brands, Many of which probably nobody has heard of, but I'll, I'll throw them out there. I went That's to because work most for, people probably yeah, can't afford the these brands. <laughs> well, it's, you know, our business was, you know, New York, Miami, L.A., Chicago, you know, so. The beautiful people. So <laughs> it, a, a lot of international because a lot of, you know, right. the economy was up and down during the course of my career quite a bit in the luxury industry. And when so, you, I mean, because there's, there's, there's nice-to-haves and need-to-haves in life. And you, right. you were in the nice-to-have business. Oh, I did not sell one thing anyone needed to have. And that right. was our whole thing, you know. It's not heart <laughs> surgery. Nobody needs a single thing that we right. have. So, um, yeah, so that made it interesting for sure. What's the what's the major difference between like traditional retail sales and what you were doing? 
So when I worked for Tiffany and Company, I was on the full, on the selling floor. Right. Um, I was wrapping packages, and then I was on the selling floor, and then I was managing people, and then I was managing the business. So I was in the store doing the retail hours. When I moved into the wholesale business, I was selling to retailers like Bloomingdale, Saks Fifth Avenue, Bergdorf Goodman, Neiman Marcus. Um, but you'd been on the other side of that, so yeah. that was that was a good yeah. fit for you. Oh, it was the most fun. It was such a fun ride. It was, yeah, terrific. I traveled probably 90% of the time. Um, at one point, I had a job. I worked for I worked for Christophe, which is a silver company. And then I worked for a company called Carrera e Carrera, and I was the vice president of North and South America. Um, it was a very small business in the Caribbean. And so I, I traveled 90% of the time. I was just kind of moving around like everywhere fun. internationally it was it was a ball it was a ball I was lucky I got to travel nicely for work um you know the flip side of that is I uh had a very small circle of friends and I worked all the time and and I really did work I worked all the time but I loved it that's sort of you know um I Your vocation from, was a vacation. I it, yeah. I come from a family that worked all the time. My dad never took a vacation, so you know we that was just kind of who we were, wow. and so <laughs> it was just what you do. Okay, so one of the things that um, I seem to find a lot more now is are people who have kind of the work life experience that you do, and um, uh, they're not apologetic for it as much as maybe even like five years ago where. It, you know, like there's kind of a stigma around people who are who are quote unquote workaholics. Workaholics, right? Is a negative term, right? Exactly, and I don't think that that exists anymore because I think there is there is kind of a um, uh, I'll call it uh, like a hustle mentality now, right? That people really appreciate, and even if they're if that if that's not them, um, they can appreciate that, and vice versa. You know, I don't think like right. even even in this kind of hustle culture that we have now, that like even people who are um, kind of um, uh, more workaholics um, don't look, don't frown upon other other people who are. But I think too. part of it is that people are, are gravitating towards jobs that they love, and then then it doesn't. I seem think that's. Like I think people work. are definitely trying to do that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. There's sure. more of a as opposed to just doing it because it's a good paying job. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what my degree cited I was supposed to do. They're going after things that I've always wanted to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd have to think about that. I find that the work culture is very different in a big city than it is here. It's also sure. regional. Uh, the Midwest regional. versus the South. There's a huge disparity. I well, think. and I was on. I was in New York City. I was working, and you know, and and I, my circle at that point, I had a everyone. All of my friends were like me. They were. They were female executives. You know, I wasn't now I'm a mom now. I'm in a family business and my life, the needs of my life have changed. But, you know, I was I was very driven. I wanted to do a good job. And and the fact of the matter was if if I didn't do the best job I could do, there were ten people in line behind me. And I think one of the challenges we we face as a business in our region is Finding talent. It's it's a it's a topic that you find everywhere that I have with everyone and and you know, and how do you find mediocre talent or even good talent or even better talent and how do you get people to stay? And I think as people who now are, are objective, my I mean our objective in our business is 
you know, certainly to carry on my father's legacy, but it's, it's how do we make Lansing a better place for everybody, you know, for, for students who might want to stay, for people are, who are raising families, for, for businesses who are trying to, to create that community, for people who want to better themselves and, and make a good life and have a successful career. And here you don't have to work all the time. I'll tell you, you know, eight to five and, and then it's over. Yeah. You know, when I moved here, I moved here. My phone didn't do anything after five o'clock. Well, you know, when I was in New York. That was an adjustment for you. Abso- I thought it was strange. Yeah. Very strange. <laughs> <laughs> when it was a bit I strange. Mean, were, you, were you feeling a little jittery around 530? Yeah, I yeah because I hadn't had my son yet. And I thought, oh my gosh, what do I do? So you're wired next- totally different than the people around you. Oh, yeah. You know, you you touched on a point, even Marie, about the you know when they graduate from Michigan State and do do they, do they want to stay here? That's a big challenge in this market. I know a lot of developers are trying to get people to not have the brain drain where they go to Chicago. My daughters went to Chicago. Sure. All the other ones from East Lansing went to Chicago and other places. Uh, how are we in that? Are we keeping people in Lansing? Does the fresh college graduates, or is it, are we making any progress in that? You know, I I don't. I'm not a statistic person, so even if even if I knew that there was an answer, I'm sure that there there is. You know, I think that at Leap, we're, we're on um, the board of Leap, um, right. Which is a really important organization. Bob Dresize, yeah. T- terrific guy and is doing important things. They would be able to give statistics, but yeah. I think one of the things that is happening uh, is that there are people. Um, all over the place who are really focused on making sure that people know what Lansing has to offer and that that there are really good restaurants and there are fun things to do and that there's culture and and there's the university and the capital and then there's Grand Rapids an hour away and Detroit an hour away and these are things that when you are just kind of here you forget yeah, and um and that there are really there there are terrific out of the ordinary businesses that have great talent. I mean, one of the reasons I was late is we were touring Peckham, um, who's a tenant of ours in, in Flint, but we we toured there. I mean, my goodness, two hundred thousand square feet facility. It's it is so I've never seen anything like that or what that business does for the community is truly unique not to lansing you know not to the midwest to the country you know um we have businesses like that here and i've got on my calendar um a meeting with lansing 501 i don't know if you know but i'm just such a huge fan of chris sell and and josh holiday of what they've done because you know Mm -hmm. i didn't know that right there were all these fun things that you could do forget about if you're an intern it doesn't matter i mean they They've got, I mean, in a couple of years ago, they had like a, like me, a 50 year old woman zip lighting through Lansing, you know, I mean, so. So 501 represents after five o'clock. Then. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. That's very, that's very those, creative. And that's really, that type of stuff is really important because even, even in Chicago. So like I, I lived in Chicago for, uh, for a while too. And, and even in Chicago, like, you know, the downtown area, um, you know, starts to tailor off after five o'clock because people live um, either, you know, in Wrigleyville. Depends on what or, type, what or area of the suburbs, town. Right. Well, yeah. downtown proper. Yeah. You know? And so, and and then on the weekends, it, it's fairly dead. You know, so it's it's not just a, a Lansing challenge. It's a it's a big city challenge of, yeah. of trying to make sure the the city and the downtown um, areas are, are properly used. Now, I think 
the brain drain thing is, is something that I think is always going to be uh, an issue. But some of the things that you were talking about, Eve Marie, is, uh, is really important because I think in your and you and, and myself are testaments to this is that by making things attractive for people um, who start getting into you know, the, um, the middle part of their life and then they come back and they uh, feel comfortable to come back. And because you were talking about when you graduated, you, you came back and you're like, no, nope, not for me. Yeah. But now, you know, act two and just listening to the way you talk, you're talking about um, the area and championing the area. And, and it's not even, and I can tell by the way you talk about it, it's not even about like, well, this is what, what you do for a living. So it's in your best interest to talk about there. But I can tell that, that you have personal stake in wanting to be wanting to, to be a good area because you're committed here. So um, and I think that that's really important. And that this is one thing that I think Grand Rapids has done really well is focus oh, on, on what they call the boomerang, which is people who have left and yeah. come back. Right. And, and then um, they're staying there. Exactly, exactly. Their kids and are, we had, are staying there. That, that town is a little bit nudge. Atlanta can look to GR, I think. And, we, uh, and uh, you know, uh, a few episodes ago, we had John Serrana, who lives in Grand Rapids, and he owns a small agency, and, and he did the same thing. You know, he, he grew up in Grand Rapids, went and worked in Detroit, and then he's like, you know, I love Grand Rapids, and they're just keep building and developing, and, and he went back, and, and he's, he's happy there. So, I mean, and that's the same thing that we have, I think, going on in Lansing. I think the more we can kind of lean into that, um, yeah. I think the better off uh, will be because that, because now is people who have influence, um, I dare say money, and um, start trying to get people to focus on the right things like like um, businesses, um, retail, maybe more importantly for the Lansing area. And proper, you and I have talked about this time is is the school system is improving the school system because that's really the core of of why people make decisions about where they live and, and work. And so I think once Lansing figures out that pivotal piece. I think it's going to be really um, the missing part of the formula of making it truly someplace to be. See, I think it's the downtown area. And this is where Grand Rapids, you know, they have the riverfront. I mean, they stay downtown. You walk out on Capitol Avenue after 5 o'clock. Navy Stadium District's a little bit different in Lansing, but Capitol Avenue or, or Capitol Avenue in Michigan or in Washington, it's kind of dead. Hmm. Because they're not living right. There's not too, enough people yeah. living right down there. I think that's a big challenge. It, it is, and is, and I think that part of it is, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? The, so, exactly. That's exactly. You know, so our, um, it, you know, Gillespie and yeah. and you know has got some great a lot you know, of effort there. A lot of effort, and <laughs> yeah. we, you know, and we have our uh, an apartment building, like I said, that's that's um, we've we're in pre-lease right now, but um, it's called Capital View Apartments, and it's on Seymour, and um, so right down there, and it's just beautiful. If you haven't seen it, you have to you have to check it okay. out. There's 96 units there. They're micro units, so they're really out of the ordinary. Um, there really isn't anything you know like it. They're smaller units, but they have a bedroom and a and a kitchen in a really nice out outdoor area so it's great for walking but there are some good restaurants i mean i yeah. <clears throat> when i talk about them one of my very favorite restaurants is on v and yeah. it's close to me but i will go out to dinner you know i'll go at night with a friend or i will make and it's not not oh my gosh so far i mean it's not that far you know it's it's like 12 from minutes your, from, from your my build. house yeah, so yeah. it's not far from my building yeah. but i live in east lansing and and the parking is not bad and the food is is out of the ordinary. It's really good, and right. it's beautiful. Or Bodie's is downtown. Or, um, so there are fun things, you know, to do. It's just we just got to get it in people's minds. Right, right. It's a mindset thing. 
Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you, you, yeah. you know, as, as I mentioned before, you came back after graduation. You said, no, nope, not for me. And now you're back. So what was different this time around? What had changed? Was it that you changed or that the, or the area changed or maybe a combination of both? Because that's 20 some years in, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. 20 plus years. Yeah. You know, I think so for me, I, um, you know, we, I, we joke, we all joke. My father, um, you know, and I think a lot of people do this. You call home and you're really calling to talk to your mom because, you know, you want to talk about, you know, this boyfriend or this <laughs> saga or whatever. But dad answers the phone. So dad answers the phone. Ha, ha, three questions. Um, how's your how's your car running? <laughs> I can relate to that. How's your car? Um, <laughs> my dad always, you know, was you know, I'm not married. It was never an objective for me. Um, but are you, are you, are you getting married? Have you met anyone? Okay. Can we, can we go right by both of those questions? <laughs> and, and when are you coming home? Okay. Okay. Never. Okay. So it'd be, and it'd be my dad. If you talked to him, he was a lecturer. I mean, if you have, he ever sold you anything, it was, you know, you finally, you would just buy it because the, we, the, we had to get the guy to stop asking. Fatigue then? Fatigue. So, <laughs> the George fatigue came in factor. Just, just <laughs> stop asking. He would not stop asking. When are you going to come home? No, 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 no. So sometimes I would hang up on him and he'd call me back and say, did you just hang up on me? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I forgive you. He always forgave me, but it was the question. I am never coming home. Never. N-E-V-E-R. That's how that word goes. Never. I'm not coming. So <laughs> it got to the point where I was in my career, we were coming out of the 2008 recession. I worked for a company called Bakra. I love that job. I was a regional person. And it was time for me to move on in my career. And my dad's going to turn 80. Yeah. And I thought, it just was the, you know, I thought, hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I can relate to that. I, I think I want to spend time with my family. Right. And there's a business that I'm a part owner in that I want to learn not from a piece of paper. Sure. And and I wanted to have children. So when I so told you I was working all the time. So, you know, I was working. I was not focusing on my, I didn't, you know, not focusing on my personal life aside from, you know, going to great restaurants on the weekends. But <laughs> so I thought I really want to have a child. I would have had the child and not moved home. So that was not it, but it was really the business that was pulling at me. I really didn't know anything about the community. I really didn't know anything about where it had come from, you know, I knew a lot of businesses had kind of, you know, died. So it wasn't like I, I didn't feel it was thriving. I, it was the family pull. And I didn't, I, I got pregnant in a very medical way. My, my sons are both donor egg and donor sperm. A lot of, a lot of people know that. So that was like all done in Connecticut, but I resigned before I found out I was pregnant. It took me a long time to get pregnant. I was in my forties. So I resigned. I thought, you know what? I had want to be home by um, I, I don't want someone to take over my job, which was important to the company I was in, mid-year because if, my, if I didn't do well in my job, then the company didn't well do well. And I wanted to get somebody in there. And I wanted to get home and start being with my dad and my family. So I quit before I found out I was pregnant. And then I found out I was pregnant, which was great. And then it really became about when you're in a family business, there's no separation from family and business. I was always, That's always the central question. I mean, how do you separate? You don't. So, you know, when you have the Thanksgiving and the Christmas gatherings, is can, can you draw that line? No, I don't think you can. If really? somebody tells you that they can, I think they're lying. Okay. I'll <laughs> tell them that next and time. so, you know, you can't because, because, you know, my dad, my dad, 
never took his earpiece out of his ear. If, if you if if you remember, he had a, yeah. a Bluetooth oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. he'd Absolutely. sit at Christmas dinner and we'd be like, Dad, no one's going to call you and if they do, shame on them. <laughs> well, I just don't want to miss a deal, just in case. You know, he never took that out. Well, that is passion. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, we don't talk about work all the time, but when you're in a family business, it's kind of, it's just there. And then, you know, and then I'm, I have a son and, you know, nobody loved my son more than my dad, right. you know, me. Right. He just, you know, was crazy well, How about old is your son now? He's five now. Okay. And I have one that'll be three. And oh, I would wow. not have had the three-year-old if I had been in New York because it would have been too, it's too hard to be a single parent. Sure. Um, but having family around and my brothers are awesome and um, my kids love my mom. Oh, my goodness. So, um that I, I, I did not know the value of that. Honestly, I was naive to that. But you had to live that I, value. I, yeah. I did. It is the most precious thing in my life. That that family factor. Um, right. And the business, you know, our employees, our family to us, our tenants, our family. It's a small town. You know, I say it all it the is, time. I said we look, and I say it all. Yeah. Well, it's a and yeah. sometimes it's town. scary how small it Market is. Market one thirty is know? not a big town. Oh, for sure, yeah, for right. sure. The the speed of, of news, even the most um, uh, inconsequential, can spread so fast. Well, it's it's also, uh, oh, you know this person. The, just the networking aspect is really easy in this town. Yeah. Because everybody knows everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's, that's, you know, kind of how it all happened. And I think it, it was a transition, certainly, like I said. You know, I'm still working on, before I had my son, I'm working on, you know, and New York hours, everybody works really hard and really long, and it's competitive, and you know, and so that's done, a New York, that's done, a legit, that's and, a legitimate New York state of mind. Is work ethic is at the highest level in my experience in the country? Yeah, maybe. Well, I I worked in I worked in Chicago. It's a little bit slower paced, yeah, and um, and I had markets everywhere. I mean, when I went to L.A., which is one of my most favorite places, but when you when I would get off the plane in L.A. You know, it's different. Well, the pace. I mean, immediately I would take a breath, and the pace would slow down. And they work a little bit um, later yeah. in the day, and and you got to fit the beach. The way in, that you know. <laughs> you know, the way you dress and the way you walk, but the standards are are high. Yeah. I mean, you know, don't don't confuse the the beautiful people with and the the slower. Well, the cost stride. of living forces you to. Be productive. Well, well to I, live think, there. I think part of it is, um, and I, I even saw this in Chicago too, is that even though the pace might be a little bit slower than in New York, but there's so many people and so many bright people yeah. that the competition is just there and everybody knows. Everybody that, wants to live there. And everybody knows it, right. So and it's right. it's just, and then, you know, they. Um, I don't know if if you experienced this, Eve Marie, or Tom, if you know this, but you know, there's that, that saying that there's a, a Midwest nice Yes, you know, absolutely. And I think, Minnesota, and, Michigan, yeah, and I think there's there's um there that's that's true, but it also comes with like there's a lot more like passive aggressiveness, you know, because um, whereas like in like New York and even in Chicago, it's like it's it's aggressive, aggressive. Like you you don't have to you don't have to like guess a lot about what people's thoughts or intentions are towards you. So in, in contrast, I lived in the South. I lived yeah. in Houston for three years, and that's slow oh the south is entirely different and it's slow and it's uh friendly 
but it's not necessarily a sincere friendly. Right. They're just kind of what they're geared, they're programmed that way. It, you know, to be to be nice when it might not be as legit. No, that's true. But as uh, it is in the Midwest, no, that's in my opinion. That, that's <laughs> true. That's true. But I will I say, say it's phony. No, but no, it's no. Kinda. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I, I know it, it's it's more of a a uh, um, a natural reaction in in, yes. in the South is is that they're just naturally polite. We all live in different regions of the country. So uh, adjusting to back to that in a family business from non-family business, what was the biggest challenge in that, and how long did that take to conquer that? Oh, there's, you know, there's, I think there'll be challenges till the day I die because I'm, you know, I'll be in it to the day right, I die and, you know, right. exits. I think, I think the, the biggest challenge at the beginning was um, to be with, you know, my parents included, you know, to be with siblings and parents where you haven't lived with these people for 20 plus years. Do you have to get reacquainted with them? And, well, I don't, you know, I would take all my vacations coming home. So I had a lot of vacation. I'd come home four times a year, but that would be for, you know, a week at a time or less than a week at a time. Right. And I wasn't working with them. So right. they didn't necessarily know that part of my personality. And right. I didn't know that side of their personality. Right. No, I get and that. You haven't yet experienced that context with each other. No. Right. And and I'm a I, I was very much in the in New York. Yeah, there's no time to mince words. You know, this is this is the way it is or this is the way it's gonna be or this is how we're gonna figure it out together. And it there's no emotion in it, especially when you're not in a family business. It's right. what's the best decision for the business, who needs to go, who needs to stay, what decisions do we need to make, and then those decisions are made. Right. And I don't know that members of certain members of my family had seen that side of my personality. Either, you know, because that's being a someone's sister or someone's daughter is different than being a decision maker. And on the flip side of that, I hadn't, you know, my brothers are fun and funny and goofy. And I, I truly gained this huge respect for them that I didn't have. Because you, you didn't see that part of them before. Because I didn't see how smart they were yeah. and how driven they were. And while there's still, you know, men can be still be fun. Women aren't always fun when they're decision making. And at least <laughs> I can speak for myself. You know, <laughs> this is the decision and I want to be taken seriously and this is it. Whereas, you know, my brothers are fun and funny, but they're smart and capable and and grown ups at the same time. While they're you know not grown ups, you know, and right. so I had to adjust to that, and they had to adjust to me, and my dad had to adjust to you know to how I had who I had become, and I think I had to adjust to being told to what to do again by my dad, but also to be that decision maker. So it was this. And it was really interesting, and it was fun. It was fun with him, you know, at the same time. But there's certainly when you're in a family business, when you work for somebody who's not your family, you you understand. Yeah, that's, that's the decision. It's, it's but probably, when yeah. you're family, it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> well, there, there's some emotional intent, you know, variables that come it into is, play. It is, yeah. yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's different. Certainly, you know, um, we do have a lot of fun, and I think we have more fun than I than I've had in a regular business setting. Well, that's good. That's important. Because there's a lot of love there that's not just, you know, colleague love. There's, you know. Right. right. It's a big right. difference. You know? Yeah. Well, and it's, and you have... Um, history. We have yeah. history. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm just going to cut to the heart of it. I think what Tom really wanted to hear from you is that it was really tough for you to adjust with those um, those punks that were your little brothers. <laughs> exactly. Because that, that, that was your vision of them, right? 
Because they were younger than you, right? And, and the annoying, younger than me. The annoying little but brother's clothes. You were actually, you were actually much. <laughs> They're bigger than I am. Yeah, yes, you have to yes, remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're actually much more uh, uh, effusive and diplomatic than, than I think what Tom was looking for. Tom, like, Tom likes more, more salacious material. Yes, yes. <laughs> Especially Nathaniel, you know, kind of well, get it, bite at each <laughs> other. <laughs> I will tell you this. This is what's interesting because this is only like there, a friend of mine um, sent me a picture this week of my dad at the America's Cup. And um, the Players Club. I don't. You probably remember that. Oh, I, I remember, remember America's Cup. Yeah, yeah. So it was a picture of. Um, it was a picture of my friend. She took it. She had my dad bought an, a, a yearbook ad, and he he took the picture. He was in it with her friends, and then my sister Nancy's in it. And I, we must have just had dance class, and I'm in it, and I almost didn't recognize myself. I look like a like a boy, but I think I was all sweaty. <laughs> Matt goes, there's my brother Eve. He calls me Eve. Anyway, that's the big joke anyway in the office. But Matt looked at the picture and he, he said, you know, he, he was Matt, dude, I remember you. You were bigger than me for a long time. <laughs> and that's you a big used one to beat the, the heck out of me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that changed and it changed fast because right. he could just, you know, hold all of my limbs with one hand and tickle me with the other. And that would be the end of it. But... You know, th- there's that type of history. Right. No, he's not a punk. There's no way I'm no, going to say no. that because I value my <laughs> so life. That's a good decision. And <laughs> I have children to yes. take care of. <laughs> that's oh, awesome. that's funny. Um, well, you brought up something when you were talking about coming back from New York. You're a, a friend group. Um, you're, you're all hardworking um, female executives. Small core. Yeah. I'm curious to, to know what your thoughts are on you know, coming back here. That um, you know, we're in a kind of business climate now in the Greater Lansing area, where um, we probably have more um, senior female executives than I can remember. Oh, I think it's and extremely strong. Yeah, yeah, it's really strong, and you have a lot, lot of them. Go to a chamber are, of commerce yeah. gathering. Yeah, like well, so. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think it's, uh, you know, I, I feel like that this was uh, this kind of moving in this direction maybe five years ago, um, and now there's just there's a lot that are very. Um, uh, you know, Owners public. of companies. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, um, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Especially coming from from your from your group in in New York and and uh, coming to a smaller tertiary market like like Lansing. I think <clears throat> I think um, anybody would. I don't know anybody that wouldn't say that the older you get, it's harder to make friends because you're you have children and you you know you have your work and and children and if you're taking care of parents or whatever that there's just so little time there you is. know yeah you're pretty much locked in your your number's pretty locked in as far as your, yeah. your populous area of friends whereas when i didn't have when it was just me i i was it was easier and when i lived in to connecticut in connecticut but i have and and again you know my my particular field is very male dominated mm-hmm. whereas oh, the retail luxury retail industry was the opposite, opposite, really, yeah. you know, so was where I was more female dominated. But um, I have met, you know, the I have met several outstanding women business leaders in the community. And I find that women really work hard to try to network so that we get to meet one another. Because it is challenging. Yeah. You know, um, it is challenging to have, you know, I'm one of the oldest people that I don't think I know anybody quite my age that has children that are as young as my yeah. children. PTA meetings must be different for you. Yeah. 
what, what I mean, when you, well, well, I'm not even well, there yet. Well, yeah, yeah, you're, you're just getting <laughs> there. But I mean, daycare. so yeah, so you're, uh, yeah, you're the, uh, the your fellow parents will be, will be significantly smaller than you at I mean, least. Um, but you know, the women that I meet either either don't have children and are business leaders or have older children, and I don't know how they juggle it, but they do, and they make time for lunch or coffee or drinks and. And they, um, so even though the, I don't know that many, and that's my experience, they, people know that it's important. Women know that it's important that we, that you have friends, that you right. have a good time, that you have someone to talk to about whatever's going on with what you're doing, whether it's your business or your personal life or what school should I send my children to and, you know, all these things. So I find it's, it's great for that. It's just for me, it's a lot smaller than, um, it's like, five or under you know and and friends you know whereas before i had a good like you know and they 10, say 12. if you have one good friend you're you're actually in pretty good shape i mean take one or two i mean that you can when i and that's the definition of what a friend is i i define a friend as somebody you, who you really can count on if you need if you're in strife and you're some some degree you know you can yeah. count on you can trust and share in what's going on in your life that kind of yeah, yeah. I would say that like more social, so, you know, yeah. social kind of people that are similar yeah. that you can call up to have dinner with. Right, you right. You know, so that's, but the, but they certainly, it's 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 here. You know, it's not, this is not one dimensional, this community. No. At all. No, it's pretty no, diverse it, in a lot of regards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. that's a really, really good point. The last, one of the last things I want to, I want to touch on uh, before we wrap up. Uh, you made you a have revelation. a smirk on your face, and I don't know, I know what's is, coming. This is a loaded question. <laughs> no, 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 actually, so you, you made a revela- revelation that maybe some other people probably knew about you, but I did not, and that's that, that you wanted to be an actress. Oh. And, and you said that that's not what the firstborn of the family should right. do with a... But you paved the way for those aforementioned uh, <laughs> snot, snot-nosed punks who decided that they were going to do that. So um, uh, that, that's, that, there's some irony right there. <laughs> so you paved the way for them, is that right? Who all got into some form of acting? I mean, did they did they pick did they pick up that from? So how did that all happen? So yeah, yeah there is. So <clears throat> well, I'm the oldest, and even though I am, you know, I'm the shortest, you know, so I'm not kind of under the radar, but um, I. So, but I'm the oldest, so I did everything first. So, so that's true. But um, yeah, you got to hear no started. first too, right? What you got to hear no first. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I was that child that did everything my parents said, and I said this to my mother yesterday. I said I was that. It wasn't that because my children don't do everything I say, and I was hoping karma would follow me. But right. I had flat feet. This is how it started. <laughs> I had flat feet, and I was chubby, like before first grade, and so. The doctor said, put her in ballet. And I, my mother put me in ballet. And so it started there. And I, you know, my mother was very much, and she still tells me her best, her, this is her advice. This is good advice for, for someone raising children. Give your child every single opportunity you, you can. Keep him or her busy, but give them every single opportunity so that they have the opportunity to find out who they are and what they want to do. And let them make the decision what they want to pursue. But she never let us, yes. But so to be clear, because she, if we said, oh, we don't want to go, we don't like it. Well, no, we had to keep going, you know, <laughs> at piano, at whatever. But I went into dance and then um, 
we just all did the same thing. So we all went into dance and then we all went into piano. And then I know I started to do plays and I love the plays. And then we all went into plays. I did not do football. Yeah. Um, and I played basketball for a nanosecond. I was the center on the basketball team when I was in sixth grade. But, you know, that went out the window. <laughs> and then we just, you know, we just loved that part of, of our lives. We had great opportunities at East Lansing High School with Kate Vile and great opportunities with Theta Asif yep. to dance. And I needed a dance partner because partner I was chubby and no one could lift me but Matt. <laughs> so, you know, even though it was like this, you know, one was really tall and one was short. And that's just kind of how that happened. And I think that along the way, some of us found out that we were kind of not bad. And, right. You know, and so, you know, I know we all did it in college, you know, um, to some degree. And... You know, so it just kind of... That's and Nick that, got on... Wasn't he on... He was on so TV. that's most recent. Matt probably has been on TV more than anybody. Yeah, but he's got... he's pretty humble about all that. But you might see him. Those things float across reruns. Right. Nick was on Chicago Fire a few years ago. Right, yeah. He was... Um, I just... I, he he, he, he killed was somebody. so good. I saw him kill somebody. He got shot in the head. Or he got shot. He did kill somebody at the beginning and at the end. I remember he took a picture and he sent it to us when he was in the chair getting his makeup um, of the bullet in the back of his head. It looked so real. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. And it was It was totally disturbing. (laughs) It was, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can watch that. But that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, he was a bad guy. (laughs) He was not a good guy. But you know what? Every single Matt role Matt had, my mother would say, why why is my son a thug, a rapist, or a murderer? And every single television <laughs> show. <laughs> but that's just who he played. Yeah, hey. Everybody's got the, everybody's got the role, right? So they were just, you know, more so... Yeah. Well, we're talking with Eve Marie Ide, Ide Company slash George F. Ide family. Um, what's uh, what's 2020 look like for you and uh, and the business? It's looking busy and exciting. I think you know um, what's what's been around to, to, other than Capital View is we're so excited. We've um, we've got you know we're filling up our buildings we've we've got business in all over Minnesota and Ohio that's just kind and Toledo of, with Nick yeah, Toledo yeah. is is very exciting and um, we've got a uh, industrial park in Rochester Hills that's doing great and so we're all kind of just running all over the, the place trying to make dad proud which I, I think he does that he is. does that feel you fuel you as far as your dad's legacy absolutely you think about it all of us i can speak with all of us you know we did not i did not come back here to you know sit around and kind of watch the traffic go by we want to keep moving forward what what was important to him because we're so grateful for yeah and i and i'm grateful whenever i walked into the odd company george would bring out and give me a banana never failed <laughs> i don't know what it was and it was the perfect banana it was that perfect blend of the yellow of the green yellow or green going yellow it was just like perfect oh, that that part that's a nice memory, yeah Tom. yeah i do remember that i'm a banana freak and george was there all the time. Well, we're yeah. so happy that you could yeah. come in and talk talk with us. Well, and, thanks for having me. I, and we're just good fortunes for the rest of 2020 as well. Um, we're really excited about those new uh, developments for for Eyed Company. Thank and you. Um, um, thank you so much, Tom. Thank hey, you. Always a pleasure. Um, uh, hey, we're only good as our guests, and we had a superb guest. That's thank true. You. Yes. Thanks, guys.
Thank you.